0: Click Educators for free subscriptions to Who Smarted Plus. Let's all get smarted together. Hey, parents, are you looking for ways to take care of your own mental health while caring for those around you? If so, check out How to Be a Better Human. Each week on How to Be a Better Human, comedian Chris Duffy sits down with an expert to talk about the realistic and often unexpected ways that you can improve your life. This show has everything from an episode with Dr. Becky about how to repair relationships when you've made a mistake to how to set boundaries both with your kids and your parents and even a deep dive on why it's okay for your house to be messy sometimes if you're feeling overwhelmed. And more great episodes come out every Monday. Find out how to be a better human wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Smarty Pants, be honest. When you're looking out a big window, have you ever been tempted to smush your face up against it? Or maybe you like to breathe on it? So you can write your name. <laughs> Narrator was here. <clears throat> Mr. Narrator, I just cleaned these windows. Sorry, couldn't help myself. So, do you do that too? No? Just me? Hmm. <laughs> anyway... Though you might take glass for granted, and it can be hard to keep clean. Stop touching the glass. You're making fingerprints. <laughs> Sorry. As I was saying, glass plays a major part of your everyday life. And not just your life, but your parents, your grandparents, and most likely all the way back, 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 back towards the deepest roots of your family tree. Ooh. Sound far-fetched? Well. The earliest man-made glass dates back to around 3500 B.C. How do we know this? Because it was discovered in archaeological excavations in Egypt and eastern Mesopotamia. Now you're on to something.
1: Glass has all kinds of practical uses, but don't lean on it. And if you're going to smush your face against it, be sure to clean off your face prints.
0: To put it mildly, glass is ubiquitous, meaning it's everywhere. So, smarty pants, besides windows, what do people use glass for? Go ahead, call out your answers. Drinking glasses? Yes. Plates? Sure. Eyeglasses? To correct your vision. I saw that one coming. Television, computer, and phone screens? Excellent. What else? Fish bowls, yes. Mirrors are made of glass. Light bulbs, so illuminating. Display cases, right. A glass harmonica. Oh, that's an interesting instrument. Microscope slides, brilliant. In fact, there are a lot of uses for glass in science with test tubes and beakers and all. Ah. So this list is very long already, and we've only scratched the surface. Watch it! Don't scratch the glass! Sorry. Simply put, glass is super versatile, and you can make almost anything from it. Ooh. But where does it come from? How do we make it? How do we mold it? And most of all. Oh, I told you not to lean on it! Sorry, can glass be fixed? It's time for another whiff of science on Hell Smart smarted? Who's smart? Is it you? Is it me? Is it science? Or history? Listen up, everyone! We make smarting lots of fun on Who's Smarted! Okay, Smarty Pants, the first question is, how is glass so versatile? In other words, how do we make so many things with glass? Well, for starters, it's inexpensive to make and it's easy to shape when it's molten or liquefied by heat that's around 2,550 degrees Fahrenheit. It's also chemically inert, meaning it won't react with the various things that you might store in glass containers. Ah.
1: It can be recycled over and over again as many times as you want.
0: Plus, it's transparent when it's not covered in face and fingerprints. <laughs> So, how can one material have so many awesome
1: qualities? Much of glass's fabulosity is due to the fact that it is not
0: actually a solid. What? She's right. Glass is not a true solid. It's more like a frozen liquid. Scientists call it an amorphous solid. Yeah, you might need to explain amorphous solid. Oh, sure. It might sound wild, but glass is actually a cross between a solid and a liquid with some of the molecular mobility of a liquid and some of the crystalline structure of a solid. Oh boy, that sounds kind of hard to understand too. Maybe if you can explain how glass is made, it
1: would help clear things up. (laughs) Get it? Clear things up?
0: (laughs) Yes. And yes, that would help. Okay, so glass is made by heating up something you can find a lot of at the beach. Is it A, water, B, seashells, or C, sand? Did you say C, sand? That's right, ordinary sand mostly comprised of silicon dioxide is heated up to the ridiculously high temperature of 3090 degrees fahrenheit
1: that's hotter than the temperature of lava how were people in ancient egypt heating up sand to be hotter than lava
0: well just like today they used something called a kiln to heat sand to its melting point A kiln is a thermally insulated chamber, like an oven, that's heated with fuel, like charcoal, then supplied with forced air, which helps it reach hot, hot, hot temperatures. Uh. Kilns have been used for centuries and can be temperature-regulated to make all kinds of glass, ceramic, and pottery projects. Like this muck for my hot cocoa. (laughs) Sure. Sometimes sand can be melted at lower temperatures when it's combined with other materials like glass bottles collected for recycling, sodium and calcium carbonate, or limestone. This combination produces what's known as soda-lime silica glass, which is the most prevalent, or widespread, kind of glass in use today. Good to know. Now that I have to replace that window you broke... To make windows, glassmakers float the molten glass on a layer of molten metal, usually tin. The high viscosity, or thickness, of the glass doesn't mix with the metal, it just floats on top of it. Then, thanks to gravity, it spreads in a perfectly even layer and cools to create a flat glass pane. method for making flat glass was first designed by Sir Alistair Pilkington in 1952, and it remains the standard for making flat panes. Not just for windows, but for mirrors, picture framing, tabletops? Yes! And if you want to make a glass jar, vase, fishbowl, or sculpture, the thick molten glass can be poured into a mold.
1: Different materials can also be added to the mix to color the glass. Like if you want your soda bottles to be green or brown, for example. Most lenses are made of glass, like my reading glasses. My microscope, my telescope, my binoculars.
0: Are those molded too? That's a great question. Lenses are usually created by grinding a flat piece of glass. The thickness of which varies depending on its function to form a concave or convex shape. Concave, like a cereal bowl. Or convex, like if you flip the cereal bowl over. Right. The shape of the lens changes your perception, or how you see an object, when viewed through that lens. The grinding is done on a rough surface, like sandpaper, and is usually aided by a machine that spins the grinding surface at high speeds to make the work quicker and ensure a more even shape.
1: Is glass ever found in nature, or does it always have to be made
0: by people? It does sometimes occur in nature. Whoa. I bet you smarty pants can imagine a few ways that sand could heat up to the necessary temperature. How about some options? Would it be A, volcanic activity, B, meteorite impacts, C, lightning strikes, or D, all three? If you said D, all three, you're right. But didn't we say
1: earlier that sand melted at temperatures hotter than a volcano?
0: We sure did. However, like we also said earlier, combining other materials with our silicon dioxide sand can lower the melting point. Ah. Volcanic glass occurs when lava cools rapidly, creating a glassy type of rock known as obsidian.
1: What about the lightning?
0: Though lightning strikes are brief, lightning reaches temperatures greater than the sun. So, when lightning strikes sand, it forms a glassy tube called a fulgurite, which is sometimes called petrified lightning. The longest known fulgurite was found at Camp Blanding in Florida and measures 17 feet. It's also possible for glass to be formed in nature when a meteorite strikes the earth forming drip or splash-shaped glass called tektites, like the ones found in the Sahara's Great Sand Sea, a desert stretching between Libya and Egypt. Wow. So somewhere between lightning strikes
1: and the commercial production of window panes, people figured out how to make and
0: mold glass.
1: How did that happen?
0: That's a great question, and we'll answer it right after this quick break. So how is it that people figured out how to make and mold glass? To answer that, let's dig a little deeper into what sand is.
1: Well, I know it's one of the most abundant materials on Earth's surface. If you hold it in your hand, it even kind of looks like glass. Ooh, shiny.
0: That's because sand contains quartz, a hard crystalline mineral that is made up of silica. Um, you're going to have to explain all that. Silica is one of the most common minerals in the Earth's crust. Beach sand, granite, and silicone are all silica materials. Uh. And crystalline just means something made of crystals, and what do crystals remind you of? Glass. Ancient innovators decided to crush tiny pieces of quartz. Hmm. What should I do with this clear rock? Crush it into tiny little bits. Now what? Mix it with plant ash and put it in the clay oven. Really? Did you have other plans for today? Mm. By heating up the quartz ash, they'd get a ball of molten material. Let's call it... faience. The fans could be cooled, crushed, and mixed with other materials to color it, then heated again and molded, carved, or otherwise manipulated. To make beads. For jewelry. Tiles. For mosaic art.
1: And sculptural likenesses.
0: Oh, to stoke Pharaoh's ego, of course. We're really onto something. Coming soon cell phone screens. What's a cell phone? In the first century B.C., Syrian craftspeople invented the blowpipe, making it possible to blow glass for vessels, which is what they called hollow containers for putting liquid in. Like my hot cocoa mug. Glassmaking, and especially glass blowing, thrived during the Roman Empire, and glass was manufactured, sold, traded, and incorporated more often into the creation of both everyday objects and art.
1: What if I want to make glass objects,
0: or art? How would I do that? The first thing to remember is that the temperatures are very hot. And even though glass is an amorphous liquid, it's still both fragile and sharp. There are all kinds of specialized studios that offer classes in glassworking, and they are equipped with all of the machinery and the safety gear that is necessary. So I could learn to blow glass? Yep. You could also learn to fuse glass, which is stacking different shapes or colors of glass together, fusing them with heat, to make a design. Or you could slump glass, using a heated flat sheet of glass over a mold to reshape it to create a unique piece. Ah. Or you could create stained glass, in which colored glass is snipped into shapes and pieced together in a desired pattern. What if I wanted to do some glass art at home? You'd want to be extra careful about sharp edges, but you could create a mosaic, arranging pre-cut glass tiles into a design and gluing them to a surface or even a flower vase or coffee mug. Or you could just paint directly on glass, like on a mirror, a framed piece of glass, or even a bowl. Some people use puff paints to mimic the look of stained glass. I love it, I love it, I love it. Great. You get to work on your designs, and I'll head to the store to replace this uh, window I broke.
1: Ooh, are you okay?
0: Yeah, I didn't realize the door was closed. The glass was so clean. Mmm, it was. Sorry. (laughs) A long-distance shout-out to our smarty friend Daisy in Worcestershire, UK. We're so glad you love learning cool facts that you can then tell others about. That's called smarting it forward. Thanks for being such an amazing Smarty fan, Daisy. This episode, Glass, was written by Libby Ward and voiced by Kim Windex-Davis, Charlotte Squeaky Cone, Adam Tex-Davis, and this guy, Jerry Colbert. Technical direction and sound design by Josh Windowpane-Hahn. Who Smarted is recorded and mixed at the Relic Room Studios. Our associate producer is Max Coco-Mug Kamaski. The theme song is by Brian Suarez, with lyrics written and performed by Adam Tex-Davis. Who Smarted was created and produced by Adam Tex-Davis and Jerry Colbert. This has been an Atomic Entertainment production. Who Smarted?
1: Star Glow!